Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you. Enjoying 2020 and the rest of January. I love the cold weather. I love the cold weather because I can really anticipate warm weather. I just think so much about warm weather when I'm freezing. And I have had warm weather on my mind all year long because this year is going to be a great year. 2020 is going to be the year that I accomplish all those great goals that I've been holding off on since 1955. 2020 is the year of vision, is what I'm hearing. At least that's what my eye doctor told me. He said, Peter, look over there. And I looked over there, and you know what I saw? I saw myself with glasses. Yes, I've decided to start wearing eyeglasses so I can read. Today is no different. I'm reading all the good news that's coming across my wire and my wire line on real estate, not only in northern Nevada, but across the country. Times are changing, and the markets are changing. At the end of 2019, the U.S. jobless claims were at a 50-year low. Adjusting for inflation, today's home prices in 2020 are actually lower than they were in 2006. When you look at the median home prices in northern Nevada, kind of hard to believe that because I know our area has gone up much faster than the national average. But when you adjust for inflation, home prices are really not that bad. Other news, subprime and non-prime loans that were guaranteeing the borrower's ability to qualify, uh, they only made up a small percentage of the loans in the past five years. Back before the mortgage crisis, 20% of the loans were in the range of non-conventional and subprime loans. Today's stricter lending standards reduce the likelihood that borrowers are going to be defaulting on their mortgages. And homeowners are obviously more cautious. They're choosing to retain their equity in their homes instead of borrowing against them. And how long are people staying in their homes? Well, it's a lot longer than it used to be. It's a lot longer than I said the last time we talked on this radio show about the length of time that people stay in the homes. We'll talk about that and more with our in-studio guests, Sherry Hill, Wealth Protection Diva at St. International will be joining us. Also, the Queen Bee, Debbie Gilmore from Mason Valley Beekeepers and the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference is joining us with an update on the Honey Bee Conference and on honey itself. You think you know everything about honey? You're going to learn more after this message. International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. It's so sweet. The 10th Annual Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22 in Yearington, Nevada, the hub of Lyon County. Beginner or seasoned beekeepers learn the health benefits of honey, the latest research on bee people and the bugs they love, the beehive pharmacy, how to make mead with your own honey, contests, raffles, beekeeping supplies. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22 in Yearington, Nevada. Register NevadaStateBeekeepers.org, NevadaStateBeekeepers.org. It's so sweet. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Great day to tune into our show today. Yes, I'm thinking about warm weather, like I mentioned before the break. Warm weather because it keeps me warm when I'm freezing. And also warm weather because it's SunTech solar screen season. Yes, these solar screens are fantastic. I have them on my home. And if you put them on your homes, you're going to be singing the praises as well. They keep your home cool all summer long. You can see out the windows, but the neighbors can't see in the windows. They actually are keeping my home warmer and quieter all year long. Check them out. SolarScreensOfReno.com. Tell them Peter sent you with me in the studio. I have two lovely guests. Debbie Gilmore is with us from the Mason Valley Beekeepers. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thanks, Peter. I'm so glad to have visitors from Yarrington, Nevada on my show always. Good things are happening in Yarrington, I hope. Oh, always. It's good to be here. Yeah, you know, that Mexican restaurant has the best margaritas in northern Nevada. We have several very good Mexican restaurants. And people ask, margaritas. Yeah, people ask, why would you want to live in Yarrington? There's the answer right there. <laughs> margaritas, Mexican food. That's just one good reason. Oh, there's Peter. more. 
Sherry Hill is with us. Sherry is the wealth protection diva. There's a lot yes. of good business <laughs> happening in northern Nevada. My gosh, I can't believe how many people are launching and starting new businesses. My friend Chewy recently opened up a second restaurant in Sparks. He's doing so well in that heavy traffic area of congested construction midtown. He figured, let's move to another heavy congested traffic construction zone, and that's in downtown Sparks on Victorian Square. Sherry, I see a lot of businesses growing, uh, economy in general, overall, looking good. Yeah, and what I'm finding recently is a lot of my clients, they're moving. So we're, we're moving their businesses where they're moving. And so you got a lot of people in the country that are moving around the country because better opportunities or ability to expand their business. And they're trying to get out of these high-tax states and move into um, a low-tax or uh, business-friendly state. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of people are realizing that many states in the U.S., uh, they put a burden on you for living there. Um, California is a good example. The taxes are so high. The regulations are so high. And, you know, it just doesn't have a good reputation. No. And so, unfortunately or fortunately, a lot of those people are rethinking about where they want to live and do business, yeah. uh, which is good for us because then we can help them uh, pick up that business and move it to a different state. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and with uh, the digital world that we live in now, you can really work and you can enjoy living in the U.S. many times without having to travel a whole lot because of the digital world we live in. And later on the show, we're going to talk about some of the places that people are moving to and relocating to to leave Nevada and give more space for us that are still here. There's some great states out there. I was looking at an article recently, Sherry, and it found the healthiest places in America to live. Uh, if you want to live to be 100 years old like I do, uh, there might be some other areas that uh, you're not living in now that could give you a better opportunity. Just longevity just seems to, to, uh, to hang around certain areas. Let me tell you, one of them is the South California beach cities. For some reason, people seem to live there longer than they do across the country. Uh, you those surfer dudes. Those surfer dudes say, yeah, it's because it takes because them. Because they're free. Yeah. Well, it also takes them a lot longer to pay their bar tab because when you live that much longer, it's just going to be more and more. Another place where people uh, seem to live really exceptionally long Breckenridge, Colorado. You ever been to Breckenridge? Church? No, I have not. I have been there. It's one of the most beautiful places in Colorado. It's just about 50 miles to the west of Denver. And, uh, yeah, it, it has a small population, about 5,000. And it has the USA's longest life expectancy compared to the national median. The national median is 79 years old. In Breckenridge, 87 years old. It's still not quite what I'm looking for because I've got to get to 100, Sherry. Let me tell you that one of the longevity boost factors that experts believe is offered in Breckenridge is that they live at such a high altitude. It's been found that people that live above 4,900 feet of sea level live from one to three years longer than those people that live near the sea level, which is kind of a contrarian statement when we just talked about the beach cities, right? Yes, I don't know. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. Death Valley, no. <laughs> Mount Whitney, yes. Mm -hmm. That's how you live a long way. It's fun talking about things going on across the country, but here in northern Nevada, we love living here because it's just such a beautiful place to be. Wonderful things to do. Like me, I love being a beekeeper, and that's why Debbie Gilmore is with us today. Debbie, we had talked about the upcoming Nevada State Beekeepers Conference on Feb 21 and 22. 22. Coming yep. up next month. Yes. Um, it's a big time for all of us. It's super big time for you because you're the, the head queen bee on that whole conference. But you recently attended another conference because you're always out there getting data and education on honeybees and bee health. Talk to us a little bit about your recent trip. Okay, we went to... Um, the American Honey Producers Convention that was in Sacramento. It mm -hmm. was four days long. There were researchers from all over the country there. And also they were talking about not only honey, but you know the plight of the bees and, yeah. and all of the latest research that's mm -hmm. going on, the new bee labs that are being created in all of these universities and new federal labs. It's just kind of amazing. The honey testing labs that are happening, a lot of new technology out there mm -hmm. to test honey. Oh, very nice. You were telling me a little bit about honey itself. And, um, you know, I've just discovered how wonderful honey is now that I 
to produce it out of my own backyard. Mm -hmm. And I'm also very conscious of other honey that I see at restaurants, grocery stores, other friends' homes. Talk to us about honey and how it, how it can be adulterated and where it comes from and how do we know that our honey is top quality? Well, you know, there's a saying, know your beekeeper, know your honey, mm -hmm. you know. So if you know your local beekeepers, you know how that honey is being processed mm -hmm. and what's happening with it. And, you know, as local beekeepers, as hobby beekeepers, we can extract our honey and we know that we have a pure product. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it hasn't been heated. It hasn't been anything added to it. We're pretty good stewards of keeping our bees, and mm -hmm. so we know what you know what's in that honey. That's not so with a lot of honey that's being imported. And if you go to the grocery store and you look at the the containers, there's supposed to be on there the country of origin because mm -hmm. so much of honey is imported into the United States because we cannot supply everybody with the honey just in the United States. So a mm. lot of that honey is being imported. Mm -hmm. The honey, there's honey testing labs so that the honey coming in, they can identify the country of origin by the pollen that's mm -hmm. in there. Some of these countries are what they call washing the honey. They are removing all of the good stuff, including all the pollen, any identifying factors of the location of that honey. Uh -huh. And then they are shipping it to other countries and reintroducing um, pollen and any other identifying factors. From there, from this new country. From this new country, uh -huh. and then they import it from there into the United States. So we could be getting honey that's, uh, let's say, from uh, labeled from Australia or New Zealand, only to maybe discover, if it's researched far back, that it came from China. That's correct. Is that really possible? That's correct, because some of these Chinese companies have bought processing companies or areas in, in Australia and Brazil. And so they can ship their own others. honey right to their own processing in right. another country and then re-import it mm -hmm. or import it into the United mm -hmm. U.S. That seems very unfair, and it's, it's, it's probably based on making more money and not having to produce more honey to do it, Debbie. I mean, how do they, how do they adulterate honey? What do they add to it to stretch it? There, there's a lot of things. They can add corn syrup to it. They can add rice syrup to it. Some of the honey that was imported was imported in rice milk containers. So they import it in different identifying containers as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's quite a process. These big honey packers in the United States, the majority of them will have their honey tested before yeah. using it in their packing. Yeah. But some of those testing... Um, processes are not that accurate. Oh my gosh. You could, yeah, I could see where so they could be So you just, yeah, yeah. Wow. All the better to produce your own honey. And as a steward of a, a colony of bees myself, Debbie, you know, I, my great success is when the bees, uh, I can see that the bees are healthy. And when we finally do get some honey, when we do harvest, we're just so proud of it. The last thing we'd want to do is adulterate it. I mean, we're so proud of the purity and what it is. And right what it has inside of it. I'm encouraging anybody who's interested in helping the world of beekeeping, or if you're interested in becoming a beekeeper, or if you'd like for America to become honey independent, <laughs> so we no longer have to import honey from other countries. Sound familiar? Uh, I encourage you to attend the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference coming up Feb 21 and 22. Debbie, I'm going to let people know that the website is nevadastatebeekeepers.org. Org. That's correct. A lot of fun stuff there. Yep, they can register. There's more information. Um, there's a tentative schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the cool things about your bee conference is that it's in Yarrington, Nevada. Sherry, you and I went to the conference last year. Wasn't it fun shopping? It's a blast. Wasn't it fun, though? It's a cute town. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> it not is. only the bee conference, but remember that very cool antique store that we yes. went to? Yeah, there's nothing like that anywhere else. And what a delight, what a delightful two days in Yarrington, Nevada. Debbie, we're going to talk about the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference more. Okay. And, uh, and Sherry Hill and I are going to talk about the business of beekeeping and the business of being in business after this quick message. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Bear, party animal, line one. My owner's mad because he spilled guacamole. He's going to be madder when he finds out it was me. 
CJ's recommended carpet care. He does a great job. He's on time. He's quick and he stands behind his work. Call 829-1551. I do This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. So you want to live a long time like I do? I'm estimating 100 years minimum is going to be my birthday, right, before I say goodbye to this world, maybe even longer. How do I know that? My grandparents, they both lived to over 100 years. My parents were in their mid-90s, late-80s, and uh, many people tell me they died so young, and they did too. You know, They were just such young people compared to their ancestors. But if you want to live a long, long time, maybe you've got to know where to live, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, that's one of the big cities that, even though it's only 432,000 people, it still is a lot of people. But it did make the short list for one of the healthiest, fittest, friendliest, and least stressed cities. Only Hawaii and California have longer life expectancies than the state of Minnesota. I think I know why, Sherry. They freeze up there, and it's like cryology or whatever that's called that thing. 3,000 years later, they come to life. Wow, people live a long time in Minnesota. Yeah, they freeze. Uh, No, I'm sure there's other good reasons. But living to be 100, it's something not only in your genes, it's also where you live, but it's also in the level of stress. It was not long ago I was reading a magazine called Healthy Beginnings Magazine. I saw a great article, Sherry Hill, that you wrote there, and it talked about reducing your stress for a healthy living in your business. Can you really be healthier by having a more productive, more profitable business, if you will? These are nine areas of your life that Mm -hmm. you have to manage Mm -hmm. so that you are reducing stress, you are more organized, you are more productive. Yeah. And so it was a lot of fun to write and which prompted me to, you know, start cleaning out a whole bunch of stuff here at the office (laughs) so that it's not overwhelming. Well, you know, I think that stress (laughs) uh, and timing in business is really critical. As an example, I have sold advertising in in the country since the 70s, and I learned from some of my great mentors about the importance of timing. Example, uh, in Colorado, we knew that if the Denver Broncos won their game, on the Sunday. Mondays would be great days to make sales calls. If the Broncos lost, give it a day or two, right? Let that let that hurt go over because you can see the people's faces. I'm seeing it in northern Nevada now, Sherry Hill, because of the San Francisco 49ers. You know what? People are really being nice to me lately. Thank God we've got a good football team. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't you feel that? Do you see that when you talk well, to your clients? Of course. I'm a Niners fan. So, yes, <laughs> of course. I'm excited. I've hung out my flag. I wear my shirt. You betcha. I'm fanned up. But it's all about how it's how people feel. It's that well, stress. It's that that, yeah. Te- you know, it's team. We're, yeah. we're all part of the same team. And mm-hmm. you talk to any professional football players, and it's the fans and the stands that are driving them to – uh, play at their best and and bring home the trophy. So. Exactly. So this Monday was a great day to make some sales calls, which I did. I didn't get thrown out of any place. And then Friday, no sales calls because people are getting ready for the big game. So if you don't know those things, if you don't know about the psychology and how people feel, you, you can make a lot of mistakes just because your timing is off. And um, I think that that is one of the more critical factors. When it comes to investing, and real estate investing is what we talk about, Sherry, it seems like the timing is really good in northern Nevada because the market is so strong. People find it desirable. Many people want to move here. But the challenge is it's not that there aren't enough homes. It's that there's too many people. What's your take on the housing situation in northern Nevada? Well, we're out of inventory. (laughs) And so the people that can afford to buy homes are in the upper brackets and there's just not enough inventory turning Mm -hmm. so that a lot of people for first home buyers or you're ready to um, upsize or downsize, actually, then, you know, it's just it's really hard to find that right home. It is. And especially if you are insistent about buying here in northern Nevada, as I've mentioned, there's many places across the country that offer much better value. Arkansas being one of them. The median home price is less than $200,000. The only challenge there is that you have to live in Arkansas. True. <laughs> you know, the median, age, the median age of home buyers is another something that's really changed dramatically 
that maybe has impacted people's decisions in, in uh, investing in real estate, Sherry. The median age of a home buyer has risen from 31 years old, that was in 1981, to what in now 2020, the median age for a home buyer is 47 years old. First time home buyer? First of a home, of a home buyer, oh. of any home buyer, yeah. any home buyers. Uh, the median age of first-time home buyers has changed very little. In fact, uh, in the same time period, it was 28. It has gone up a little bit to 32, but it's still relatively young for the first-time home buyers. But it's it's trending in the same direction. Older people are getting things done. More older people are doing things, and um, this number that has changed dramatically since uh, 1981 is one of the things in some ways that is continuing to move the real estate market because there is no time limit to be buying and selling real estate. I remember I did a real estate transaction for a gent in his 80s. People are still interested in in putting their money to use in the right way and uh, with mortgage interest rates being what they are, in the right circumstances, anybody can invest in real estate. When it comes to that, Sherry, once you get more than one property, it's it's getting a little more complicated for people. How they hold title, how they manage those properties. General recommendations from you for people that have more than one real estate property as an investment. Uh, you, you definitely want to hold your real estate in an entity, so it's not in your personal name for liability, insulation, potential tax benefits. Easier to 1031 exchange, you know, especially if you want to invest with other people. There are uh-huh. ways to do it so that you can take advantage of uh, paying no tax when you sell. How about that? So the when you talk about an entity, you're talking about a company? LLCs, S-Corps, mm-hmm. series LLCs, trusts, you mm-hmm. name it. Mm-hmm. You see all kinds of stuff for free on the Internet, Sherry. I mean, you can you can have your own funeral on the Internet, I think, if you want to practically anything, including incorporating. Why why talk to a person as opposed to doing it just on the keyboard? What is the difference? Well, it's like anything. If you don't know what you don't know, you're going to pay the price somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having been doing this now 28 years. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, it's I've answered a million questions. I've asked a million questions. I've worked with investors from all over the world in every single state. And so it's, you know, really getting to the core of what is it you're trying to do, who are you doing it with, where are you doing it, and then picking the right entity to accomplish your goals. So if you're a real estate investor and, you know, you want to maximize your profits and really ensure that you're protecting all of your assets, you got to have expert help, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and... So I, I know who my clients are because I just had one of my clients, he just wrote to me this morning and he said, my gosh, are you can't believe I've been your client for 20 years. Wow. 20 years. And he wanted to thank me for still being here. Oh. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff why I love what I do yeah. versus the people that want to gather the information and then go figure it out on their own. And mm-hmm. I already know. Um, in conversations, you know, why set yourself up for failure before you even begin? Yeah, you know, I yeah. kind of look at it like my automobile, you know, to put it in real common layman's terms. My car needs an oil change. I can go down to the grocery store and buy the oil right there. Uh, but then what, right? Where do you put the old oil? And how do you get to the oil? And hot or cold? And what kind of oil? And what if I put the wrong oil in the wrong place? And, oh, this car doesn't take oil. It's electric big mistake. I mean, you have to really have an expert guiding you when you have such a heavy, um, big asset, right? Well, Real estate and is it's huge. it's not just the front end. So imagine in those 20 years, this guy's been my clients, you know, they ask questions. So there might be a year or two where I don't hear from them. And then the next year they're expanding or doing something different. And we have a lot of conversation mm-hmm. and they know that they can come right to the source, get the right answers immediately because we answer the phone, how yeah. about that? Hey. And, you know, it's, I've got this phenomenal network of people. So mm-hmm. if I don't know the answer, I know where to get it. And mm. that's really the key. It's about saving time and oh, energy yeah. and not listening to everybody and their brother out there who may have done something like this years ago mm-hmm. or can tell you what you should be doing mm-hmm. and they've never done it. Yeah, my most, my most <laughs> precious commodity now, Sherry, you're right, is time. Because if you spend all your time, two, three weeks doing a small project, 
uh, you'll never get that back. And where you might be able to get an expert that can help you like yourself in just a matter of minutes or a few hours maybe, you've got the whole thing done and you know you've got it done right. Well, that, but the value is after the entity is formed. Now that you're in business, how do you stay in business, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's all the stuff that comes after, especially with real estate investing, and you've got partners or you want to do different states. I mm -hmm. mean, there's so much to it. Yeah. It's not super simple. Right. But we make it simple because we know what we're doing. I love watching you with your clients. Every now and then I get a chance to see the folks coming in and going out, and they're always leaving with smiles. And um, it's really amazing how well you – answer the question, Sherry, and, and uh, share your knowledge. It probably stems from way back when you wrote your book, Incorporate and Get Rich. That uh, book is amazing, and I know people read it for the first time still on any given day. Or they, or they bring it back out and go, I read your book 15 years ago. Now I'm ready to do something. It's like, well, good. Oh, and they hang on to it. So, yeah, it's, it's a good value. And, you know, the key for us is because we interact with so many people – you know, we're learning every day too. Different transactions, different ways to do things, laws change, tax rules change, mm -hmm. and so we have to stay up to date on all of that. So very nice. Well, mm -hmm. we we love your contribution to our show, and I love your contribution to the business world of Northern Nevada and across the whole country. In case anybody wants to reach to you or visit your website, give us your contact information, Sherry. So sageintl.com, or you can call. I do a free consultation, 775-786-5515. All right, and uh, before we go to our break, please let people know what you're going to be doing in February on the 21st and 22nd. I am going to the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. I think this will be, what, our fifth year? My gosh, I love it. Look forward to it every year, not just because we get to go to Urington and spend a little time in that great community, but just the other people in the room and the networking and the knowledge and Debbie who brings in these fabulous speakers from all over the world. Oh, yeah. Um, it's always a pleasure. So look forward to it. Very good. Sherry Hill, I know you got to go to tend to some client business, but you're always welcome to come on our radio show. Look forward to our next update from you here Absolutely. on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll be back with more conversation about the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, and we'll also talk about some other great areas to live. If you want to find a great deal on a home and you want to find a great deal on a lifestyle, it's probably not in northern Nevada. We'll be back after this. It's so sweet. The 10th Annual Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22 in Yearington, Nevada, the hub of Lyon County. Beginner or seasoned beekeepers learn the health benefits of honey, the latest research on bee people and the bugs they love, the beehive pharmacy, how to make mead with your own honey, contests, raffles, beekeeping supplies. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22 in Yearington, Nevada. Register NevadaStateBeekeepers.org, NevadaStateBeekeepers.org. It's so sweet. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're in our 15th year of weekly broadcasts here in northern Nevada, helping people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. When it comes time to buy real estate, most people are going to get a mortgage. They're not going to pay for a home in cash, especially when you look at today's median home price of essentially $400,000. Most people are going to want to get a mortgage. I recommend you talk to the good folks at Guild Mortgage. Brian Cushing is my main contact there. Brian is a senior loan officer at the Cushing team. They're located right here in Reno, Nevada, and he does some great options for his clients. If you're buying in a rural area like Fernley, Minden, Gardnerville, Yarrington, the USDA loan might be right for you. Zero money down and great options when it comes time to uh, you know, get the appraisal. With the USDA loan, if that appraisal comes in higher than what you're paying for, guess what? Your loan is based on the appraisal, not the home price. So you might get a little extra cash for closing costs, maybe some upgrades on the home, maybe some renovation, whatever you can. Brian Cushing will give you all of the details on that mortgage and others. You can reach him at 775-453-0345. Brian Cushing's NMLS license number is 303045. And let Brian know that Peter sent you, and he might give you a special treat. With me in the studio, Debbie Gilmore. Debbie is the president of the Mason Valley Beekeepers Association. That's a really great group, Debbie, that you've got there because it's not only educational 
informative. It's a lot of fun. You guys do some very cool things. It is a lot of fun. We've grown a lot. I think this is going to be our 13th year of the mm -hmm. Mason Valley Beekeepers. Mm -hmm. And we have monthly meetings. We have field trips. Um, we have picnics. We have all kinds of things. And uh, we have mentorship programs. So no matter where you live in northern Nevada, we have mm -hmm. mentors as far as um, Elko and all the way down the I-80 corridor mm -hmm. and all over this area right here around Reno, Yarrington, Gardnerville area. So we have a lot to offer new beekeepers and existing beekeepers. And beekeepers are so very cool because I've never heard of any beekeepers who don't want to talk about bees or help other people <laughs> because so it's, it's just such a joy to know that we're doing something. That, in a way, Debbie, it seems kind of impossible to do what we do because bees behave differently, they live in different environments, and they act differently in different climates, and we're all trying to understand how bees work, but they all operate a little bit differently, like different families. They do, different locations, different habitat that they're getting their food sources from. Mm -hmm. Southern areas deal with what's called a small hive beetle. Here in northern Nevada and the northern states, that problem doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So it depends totally on your location and the habitat that they have. Yeah, I was uh, reading uh, a little bit. I was talking with a gent about the honey production in Cuba. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it's year-round there. But the, uh, the, obviously, when you, uh, your honeybees are working year-round, it's a whole different process of taking care of your bees and keeping them healthy. Uh, winterizing your bees in uh, Cuba and the climate uh, in the tropics, I mean, you probably don't even have to do that, but there's probably other things that you do have to do. Right, so like the small hive beetle, um, there's a lot of diseases that they probably have that we don't. Mm -hmm. um, one thing like in northern Nevada, our food source or the bees' food source pretty much disappears around the middle of September. Right. And then it doesn't come back until hopefully the first part of May. So somehow they have to have a food source for all of those months during the winter and mm -hmm. early spring. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they can store that store honey it. enough yeah. to survive the winter. Mm -hmm. I remember last year early in the season, Debbie, that uh, my honeybees were out and they were all over my maple trees. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my mentors told me that bees love the maple trees because mm -hmm. when they apparently when they're just starting to bud, they produce some sort of a of a um, uh, pollen or a, uh, I'm not sure if it's... Uh, um, a honeydew, maybe? It's kind of like a honeydew, but yeah. they're, they're all over it. And I thought, I, I had no idea that that's what was happening. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm now keeping an eye on my maple trees because that's kind of an indicator of what's going to happen mm -hmm. with the honeybees. Mm -hmm. Also around our area, the, the bees collect what's called the propolis, and uh -huh. that's what they sterilize their environment in. Yeah. They polish the inside of their beehive, everything, the comb, everything with propolis. And they get that off of a really good source around here are the cottonwood trees. Mm -hmm. So when those leaves first bud out, you see a little shiny resin yeah. on those leaves. That's the propolis that oh. they collect to um, sterilize their environment. Well, how about that? It's any wonder that the Mason Valley Beekeeper's address is on Cottonwood Lane? <laughs> That's quite a coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. A lot of people don't know what honeybees and beehives produce besides honey. So let our listeners know what other things they could get, what other product, what other benefit they would get if they become beekeepers besides the honey. Well, the honey, you know, not only nutritional benefits, but there's medicinal benefits of the honey. But there's also another product, what I just talked about, is the propolis. Yeah. Um, we can collect that, and there's a lot of um, benefits from the propolis that we collect as well. Is it a health benefit or it's a food health benefits. taste benefit? Or? The bees sterilize their environment with mm -hmm. it. It's antibacterial, antifungal, mm -hmm. and antiviral. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great, great medicinal antibacterial product. So if you have a like, cold or you're feeling a little underweather, maybe All of a, little, that, yes. a little bit of propolis might be what you need. Yes, it oh. is. Um, another product is um, royal jelly. Royal jelly. Royal jelly is produced by the young bees. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember the cosmetics. They used to put royal yes, jelly in a lot that. of cosmetics. 
and the the theory behind that is it's anti-aging but it's really high in protein as well Mm -hmm. but um yeah that's royal jelly beeswax of course i love the beeswax we received a beeswax candle from a a, uh, one of sherry's relatives not long it was actually last year and it is like the best candle it smells so good the flame burns a different color and um, I can, you know, I can feel it in the air. It's, it's like a, an aroma. It offers an aroma because the difference between beeswax candles, most people don't understand, there's no petroleum in there's a beeswax none. No. candle. It doesn't burn. The beeswax is actually produced by glands on the honeybee. Mm-hmm. Those glands are on the bottom side of their abdomen, and they secrete little flakes of beeswax, mm-hmm. and they use their mandibles to form it into these perfect little hexagon shapes Mm -hmm. and that is your beeswax and Mm -hmm. that's where the beeswax candles come from yeah they don't smoke they don't drip and they smell like honey oh (laughs) man they're awesome so what's really neat and uh, for the non-beekeepers that are listening to our show when we open up our beehives and we're looking around in there and there's a little extra wax that they put on the top it's called Mm burcombe or if we're shutting down a hive and we're scraping off all the wax we save all of that wax. All of that. We put the wax in baggies. We freeze it, and you know we we know that that wax eventually is going to be processed mm-hmm. into something like maybe lip balm or a candle or Lotion, some other great soaps. things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really uh it's magical. It's mm-hmm. what it is. Beekeeping, mm-hmm. Debbie. One of the best products. One of the things that I absolutely love from the beehive is bee pollen. Oh, pollen, and yes. And I discovered that many, many years ago when I lived in Colorado, and a friend of mine came to my broadcasting class, and she brought a baggie of bee pollen, and she said, would you like to try some in your yogurt? And I had no idea what it was. I didn't even know if it was safe, but, you know, I'm a gambler. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll have it. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've always got bee You're pollen. You're a believer. I'm a total believer. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good. It's got a great – it looks like tiny, tiny granola. Mm-hmm. But it's not hard, but it does have a texture, and it's many colors and variety of colors. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like sprink, like sprinkles on a donut. It does, and yet it's all from the honeybee. And we'll let our listeners know how that how we get pollen. I mean, what what does the bee do when it gets the pollen? Okay, so the bee is attracted to the flower by the nectar. Yeah. So when it goes after the nectar, which is their carbohydrate source, uh-huh. they are also they also find this pollen. Yeah, and so they transfer this pollen from flower to flower because the bee has it's almost like static electricity on it. So these little grains of pollen attach itself to their, the pollen grains attached to the hairs on the bees. Kind of like the way lint attaches to my pants yes. when I take it out of the dryer. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so what happens when you wipe that lint, lint off, yeah. you can roll it like into a little ball. Yeah. So the bees do that. They, they wipe off the pollen grains off of their hairs. They mix it with a little bit of the nectar. And they scrape it into little pellets and they carry it on their hind legs mm-hmm. in what are called the pollen baskets. Yeah. And they carry it back to the beehive. Yeah, and that's food for the bees. They, that is their protein source. Yeah. Of course, everything that we talk about, like the honey is food for the bees, the propolis, the wag, they use all that. That's part of their life. But when we can go in and pick part of it, because we don't want to take everything from them because they got to live too. But um, this year, that's one of the things I'm going to experiment a little bit with, Debbie, is collecting a little bit of pollen, just enough to where I can satisfy my needs, leave plenty for the bees. But pollen is really, well, it's, it's like gold to me because it is so tasty. It's used can be used in so many ways, and the health benefits are incredible. Debbie Gilmore is my guest. We're talking about the Mason Valley Beekeepers and Nevada State Beekeepers Conference coming up Feb 21 and 22. We'll talk about some of the special events that are taking place at this year's conference after this quick break. SunTech Storm Panels are the clear, tough, versatile way to lock out cold winter drafts on your windows and doors. If you want to immediately reduce your energy bill, call SunTech 352-9396 for a free estimate. SunTech Storm Panels are a great alternative. In fact, 60% less cost than those high-priced dual or triple-paned windows. Want to keep the cold out, the heat in, and save money? Call SunTech 352-9396 for fast, friendly installation. Hello, 
I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. So why are we talking today about other cities to buy real estate in? Why are we talking about moving to other cities if you can't find the home you're looking for or you can't find the opportunity you can you want in northern Nevada? Look, I, I, I'm a native of Colorado, and as a young man in my 20s, I left Colorado because I did what many young people are doing today. They're looking for opportunity. Reno just recently was listed as one of the least affordable cities in the U.S. Reno started 2020 as the 18th least affordable place amongst the nation's top 100 cities, according to the real estate site that's called Realty Hop. Residents here in the biggest little city, Reno, Sparks, Northern Nevada, they need to spend about 45% of their income on average in order to own a house. Now, these, this place is Reno in the bottom fifth of housing affordability amongst all cities that are included in the list. Now, while Reno was ranked number 19 out of 100 cities in December and is now 18 in January, well, it doesn't mean it's tremendously less affordable in one month, but it does show that there's a trend going on here. And as people continue to find and discover northern Nevada, it may well get tougher and tougher to find the home or the lifestyle that you're looking for. So what are some of the least affordable states that are even worse than Reno, Nevada? Well, let's go to right to number one. Los Angeles requires 92% of your income to live there. Miami, 86% of your income. <laughs> New York City, oh, it's a little bit better, Debbie. It's 85% of your income. Wow. San Francisco, 82% of your income. Jersey City, 67% of your income. Isn't that incredible, Debbie? <laughs> How can you even afford to live there? I have no idea. Probably why you have two or three families living in one condo so that you know they can afford to live there. But you know the quality of life can't be good when your costs to live are that high. I knew you know, you're by beaches and all that great stuff, but... It would be tough to be a beekeeper. It would really be tough to be. I mean, I, could, I couldn't afford my bees. You're right. So what are some of the most affordable areas in the country? Ian's over there. He's taking notes because he's thinking someday... He wants to move to Detroit. Yes, the number one most affordable place in the country is Detroit, Michigan. 13% of your income to live there. Hmm. Pay for a lot of bees. Wichita, Kansas <laughs> comes in at number two, only 16% of your income. Number three, Fort Wayne, Indiana, 16% of your income. Cleveland, Ohio. Now they've got the Browns there. Oh, I know. We've been there. Have you? Yeah. yeah. Cleveland, Ohio only requires 19% of your income on average, to live there. And Kansas City, I'm not sure if it's Missouri or Kansas, but I'd say either one of them would probably be about the same, 21.5% of your income. Mm. That's what it takes to live in those. Those are the most, the five most affordable areas on the list. So the whole crux of this conversation, Debbie, is to let people know that um, because we all live in such a digital technology now, and we all want to grow our careers as young people in our 20s and 30s, why not look for the opportunities across the country, take advantage of them, and then before long, you never know, you might be moving back to northern Nevada or maybe even to one of the top most expensive places to live because you have the income and the capacity to live there. A new person starting out in their young life, first-time home buyer, I doubt you're going to find what you need in San Francisco. No, I don't think so. But in Cleveland, you got a much better shot. And it's a beautiful city. It really is. It's mm -hmm. a, there are so many hidden gems across the country. If you'd like to learn more about some of the most affordable places to live, some of the least expensive places to live, the website is realtyhop.com. Realtyhop.com. And look at the 
Affordability Index. Debbie Gilmore is joining me in the studio while I chat about real estate, my love of honeybees, my love of living in northern Nevada. Debbie, I'm really appreciative of the fact that you are here. But even more so, I want our listeners to know I'm appreciative of everything that Sherry and I have learned at the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. I remember the first time we went. Sherry mentioned it was five years ago. We were thinking about becoming beekeepers, and then somehow we saw your uh, information about your upcoming conference. And even after I left, my head was full of what is the difference between a super and a <laughs> uh, Langstroth, a uh, top bar, and a uh, brood box. And Debbie, it's all the new terminology. I, I you know, it felt like when I became a broadcaster, my first day in that control room. How am I ever going to learn all this? Right. But it right. was really amazing. Since then, I'm giving, I'm giving advice to people. <laughs> I think the initial learning curve is huge. Yeah. Maybe like every other new thing. Yeah. But it is so well worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, at the conference last week, they were talking about um, using bees to help people with PTSD and yeah. other mental illnesses. Yeah. Um, and I think you and Sherry have found that opening a beehive and working with your bees, it reduces the stress that you guys talked about earlier. Oh, yes. You know, um, bees mm -hmm. are amazing. It really is amazing. And it's, it's, what's amazing, and I tell people this, Debbie, is that how I feel, how Sherry and I feel, how our friends or family members feel when we take them down to our apiary mm -hmm. in our backyard. You're not thinking about anything else. You're not thinking about your problems. You're not thinking about no. your dinner, what you're going to make. You're not thinking because, you know, you've got to focus on those bees because uh, they're delightful. They're lovely, but they, they have a little temper, too, if you don't treat them right. They can, yes. And if you don't wear the right kind of outfit. But we've got it down. We, these uh, bee outfits that we have, which I think are very cool, they really are like space suits in the sense that the bees cannot get at you. And they're right in your face. And, you know, if you're allergic to bees or if you're afraid of bees, at first, you know, you feel like, oh, my gosh, they're right there. But then pretty soon you realize they can't get at you. It's such a safe environment in your bee suit. And that's what we recommend to all new beekeepers. You know, mm -hmm. buy the full suit. Yeah. Feel comfortable. Yeah. Feel safe when you go into mm -hmm. your beehive. And it's not long before people are getting out of the full suits and going to jackets or just to bee veils. But you need to have some kind of protection. Yeah. But you know, you want to have fun with your bees that first year. You want to feel protected and that they can't get to yeah, you. Um, right. You certainly don't want to find out if you have an allergic reaction to bee stings when you visit your beehives. So. Right. I recommend, and I think it's just general practice, Debbie, but all beekeepers have EpiPens or should have EpiPens close by because, you know, I'm not allergic to bees, but one time I got stung by a bee, Debbie, on the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different thing. Yes. It's not like getting stung on your arm. or When you get stung on the top of your head, you're basically, that stuff, that, that bee poison is going right into your brain. If you don't have protection over your face, the, the bees are drawn to your carbon dioxide. Uh -huh. So the first place they will go is to your face. Yeah. So if you don't have some kind of protection, mm -hmm. you can get stung in the eye and yeah. you can lose your eye. Oh, yeah. So it is not worth it to mm. go without protection at any time. Every now and then I see people, beekeepers, swarm catchers, and they're out there in their T-shirt cutoffs, flip-flops. There are a few people in the world that for some reason the bees leave them alone, right? Or that for some reason that individual, if they get stung once or twice, it doesn't even affect them, right? It's mm -hmm. just like a, it's mm -hmm. like a scratch. Mm -hmm. But for the most of us, it's not like that. And I recommend all new beekeepers get a full bee suit. Uh, you look good. You feel good. <laughs> and you can impress your neighbors if they see you out there in your bee suit. And it, it's so much fun to be a keeper, beekeeper. When you have a bee suit, you don't have to worry about possibly getting stung um, and antagonizing your bees. We've got to keep the bees healthy, calm, and if you get stung near a beehive, uh, of course you're going to be stressed out. You may be waving your arms, and what's that going to do? That's just going to impact your beehive. Well, the thing is, is when you get stung once, there's an alarm pheromone that is given off with that sting. Mm -hmm. Signal, signaling to other bees that there is danger around. So yeah. the chances of more bees coming and right. getting stung multiple times is increased if you yeah. get stung once. Yes, so we learn a lot at Nevada State Beekeepers Conference and managing your bees and handling them in the right way and protecting yourself is one of the things that we learn there, Debbie. And, and I, I want our beekeepers, 
our future beekeepers to attend so they can be great beekeepers, safe beekeepers. But there's a lot more to it than that, and that's the fun part. Last year, <laughs> we got to learn how to make bath bombs. You did. Lip balms, yes. all that fun stuff. Anything? Using all those products from the beehive. Yeah, products from yeah. the hive. Is there going to be anything like that going on this year? Uh, no. <laughs> what are we but we do? do have honey decorating contests. Well, there you go. We have a honey tasting contest. Oh, yes. We have master beekeepers from uh -huh. New Jersey coming. Uh -huh. And we have Dan Bailey and Khaki Brown, and they are going to do a workshop on mead making. Hold it right there, Debbie. Mead making. <laughs> Most people don't know what mead is. I yeah. do. I've had mead. Mead is basically... Honey wine. Honey wine. It has no grapes. It's all fermented honey and water. And I first had it in Ireland, home of mead. It's what what a delightful beverage that is. And to think that I could make that on my own. The first time I had it was in Homer, Alaska. Yeah. And it was a raspberry mead. Uh huh. Oh, it was wonderful. Isn't it great? Yes. You just feel you feel like you're drinking something good because it comes from a natural product like right. honey. And right. let's face it, we are drinking something good. Yes. Mead, mead, mead. Anything else we need to be prepared for for the bee conference? Debbie? Oh, gosh. We have an awesome silent auction. Oh, yes. You're great, oh, great gosh, stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. We usually have at least 100 items yeah. in our silent auction. Yeah, and great um, dinner at the, great at the dinner oh. banquet. And, we uh, have two dinners this year. Mm -hmm. We have two breakfasts. We have two lunches. We have snacks. You won't go home, go home hungry. Beekeepers love to eat. They do. Because we got to feed our bees, we got to feed ourselves. You take good care of us there every year, Debbie. I'm encouraging people to join us. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, Feb 21 and 22, Yarrington, Nevada. All of the information to register is at nevadastatebeekeepers.org. Register now. You get a discount if you do it in January so you don't have to pay the higher price in Feb. It's a great weekend for yourself, for your loved one, family. Kids love it, too. They I'm do. I'm hoping they... Uh, they attend, and we're looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of fun, fun stuff this year, Debbie. It will be a great conference. We have quite a mixture of scientists, um, people talking about the health benefits of honey. Yeah. Um, we have a variety. Um, apitherapist, uh, bee sting therapy. Mm -hmm. So we have something for everybody, even the non-beekeepers. Very nice. Debbie Gilmore from Mason Valley Beekeepers and Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Hope you, hopefully you can join us at least one more time before oh, the conference. Love to. Keep us love posted. To. Thank Register you. for the conference, and we will see you there. Yarrington, Nevada, Feb 21 and 22. Ladies and gents, thanks for tuning into our show, and we will talk with you again on Nevada Real Estate Radio next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.